I'm Kendra Rogers, and this is Paper Napkin. I am so glad you're here. The world felt distant and connection felt hard. So I reached out to the most interesting people I know for a conversation about how we can build stronger connections and more meaningful relationships. Grab a pen, a piece of paper, or a paper napkin and get ready to connect. Kipway Walters is a radio DJ at CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary and more recently for the CBC. Through his long-running show, Off the Map, Kibway highlights the incredible talent of Canadian artists and promotes the voices of new and emerging artists. Kibway is the sunshine in any room he's in. He creates lasting connections with those he encounters, manifests growth for the artists that he works with, and builds friendships with ease. To me, Kibway is special because he takes that intention, interest, and honesty into all of his relationships. He's a champion of arts and music in Canada, and a welcome voice to hear coming through the airwaves. I don't mind being the first person to make that connection or that effort. Because you know what? That's okay. I mean, somebody's got to make that effort, right? As long as I keep that relationship going on with that person, then that's a win in my book. Kibway, it is such a pleasure to have you here for a conversation about how you connect. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Kendra. What an incredible testimonial. I feel like crying right now. Just, wow, that's truly powerful. And uh, thank you so much. And again, thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. I'm really excited um, to chat with you. And you're the best as well. I mean, you taught me a lot too. Listeners don't know this, but you are a part of my radio show, Off the Map, in, uh, which airs in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I've learned a lot from you as well. So all the hard work and dedication, I learned from you, my friend. So thank you so much for everything. And thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. You're a pleasure always. The first question is, what do you do and why? So we know that you are a radio DJ, but I want to know why. That's an interesting story. Back in, I think, the early 2000s, I used to be a huge fan of CGSW. I used to listen to CGSW all the time at work. Outside of work, I was just a big, big fan. And back in 2011, I ran into a friend at a party. And, you know, we were chatting, we were catching up, and we were talking about our lives, we were talking about what we were doing. And he told me that he was a radio DJ at CJSW. That was my friend Des. And he invited me to join him on a show and to produce a show and to help him. It was something I kind of lucked into because I never expected to be on radio. I never expected to be involved at CJSW. I just thought, oh, it'd be kind of cool to help my buddy out and kind of learn the ins and outs of radio and see what it's like and whatnot. In 2011, I started producing a show and then he put me on the mic and then I got a little bit more involved. Then he went on a, a vacation uh, during the Christmas break and he made me fill in for him. And then after that, I just started doing a little bit more, a little bit more. And then in late 2012, he left to go to Manitoba for personal reasons, unfortunately. And CJSW gave me his time slot and his show, and they told me to make it my own. I turned that show into Off the Map, and nine years later, I've just been doing Off the Map ever since. And uh, it's been a blessing, and I just I kind of lucked into it, but it's been an amazing gift. And I've just been enjoying it every single minute for the past nine years, making the show my own and just supporting local music, supporting Alberta music, supporting music in general, and using this amazing gift as a, an awesome vehicle to, to just kind of just entertain people on a Sunday afternoon. And you recently were also hosting a show on the CBC, and I noticed that there was a theme that runs throughout both of those, which is that 
support and not wanting to highlight others. I think you use your platform even more than many others might to amplify new artists. And I wondered sort of what the reason behind that is. I love watching people succeed, if that makes sense. I've I've been given this platform, as as I mentioned before, I lucked into radio and it was something I, I didn't want to do, but it's just, I've been given this amazing gift. And I know there's a lot of people out there who want to be in radio. And when you have an incredible gift like this, why not give back? Why not share it with the world? Why not share it with fellow people? Why not do some good with it? And I love using Off the Map, CJSW, CBC Radio. I love using it as a vehicle to kind of promote and give a voice to the voiceless. Hopefully that makes sense because there's a lot of artists who want to get their music out there to the masses. They want to get their music to a wider audience. And being a radio DJ, you have that ability. You have that ability to sit there and and play a song for 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 people. And it's great to get that opportunity. I love when an artist hits me up. I had an artist hit me up yesterday on Facebook. And they're like, hey, I have brand new music out there. Can you listen to it? And if you'd like it, can you play it on on CHSW so people can hear it. And it's, to me, and that's pretty cool. I love sitting there and, and, and viewing somebody's uh, work of art or their creation or their hard work, listening to it, seeing if I hopefully like it, <laughs> and then sharing it with the, the wider audience, the wider masses. I love that. And I think our theme today is connections, of course. It's making connections between the audience and the artists. I think that's an, an amazing thing to do. And I, I love doing that. And you are such a facilitator of connections. You are also such a connector yourself. How do you connect? I connect in various ways. I guess, you know, with CGSW, with this, I connect with a lot of people through music. I've made a lot of valuable and a lot of amazing friendships via CGSW, including yourself. I got to know you back in 2000. I've met a lot of amazing friends via CGSW that way through music. I guess connecting with people through my job as well. I work work in IT, just connecting with people through my job, meeting people through school, meeting people even in the gym, just the basic principles. You know, you're working out, you're sitting there, you're you know, you're doing a simple workout, you see somebody else, you're doing the same thing that you're doing, you're going through the struggle of staying in shape, you just connect with people because you have the same type of goal. I'm curious for those listeners who may feel like the idea of walking up to someone at the gym feels intimidating or scary. Do you have any advice? My advice, I would say just go out there and just talk. Don't be afraid. You have nothing to lose. I just say to start asking, talking to people, asking questions, strike up a conversation. Just don't be afraid. As the person who wants to talk, to strike up a conversation with somebody else, I'm pretty sure you have the same common goal as well. So just go ahead and talk to them because most people are usually are, are nice down there respectful kind human beings what's the worst that could happen like somebody's not gonna talk to you it's not the end of the world <laughs> ask basic questions inquire i think that's kind of human nature i think that's the best way to approach things is just ask questions inquire i love it because i think for you it seems like second nature and it seems as a i mean you were born to be in radio because that's what you do you ask questions and you get down into it. And I think one of the things that inspires me about you is that you have no hesitation to reach out to anyone or have any conversation and be really 
open to having that conversation, but also really unafraid of rejection ultimately. And that's not something that I would characterize myself. I have a fear that if I were to try to get past that introduction phase and actually start to have a conversation with someone, try to form a connection, that their response would be not a positive one. And I guess I'm just so... I'm so fascinated by the unending optimism that you bring to things. I, I think it's interesting because I think you and I, you can kind of relate to this too. You know, when, when we're playing music for the listeners, as, as DJs, radio DJs, as we're playing music for the listeners, sometimes you're in the booth and you don't really think, like you don't really know who's listening to your show, right? You're sitting there and like, is there anybody listening to my show, first of all? And second of all, how many people are listening? Who's listening? What type of person is listening? So you're always asking all these questions to yourself. And for me, it's just like, you know what? Just go out there and just be me, do what I love to do, try my best. For me, I just go in there. I try to be positive. I try to be upbeat. try to give the best that I can because who knows where life's going to take you. Like I've never, as I mentioned to you before, I never thought about being in radio nine years ago, you know, and I've been given this amazing opportunity and I just definitely want to make an impact. And I'm not trying to think about a legacy or anything like that, but I just definitely want to just be a positive impact and just do something constructive and say, Hey, you know what? When I look back at my life in the next, hopefully 10, 15 years, I can say, you know what? Yeah, I was on radio. I tried my best. I tried my best to promote local artists. I tried my best to interview as many people as I can. I try my best to play a lot of great music. At the end of the day, you have to be happy with the decisions that you make. You know, when I leave off the map on that Sunday, when I come home, can I say, hey, was that a good show? Did I give everything that I could? Was it, was the interview great? Did I give that person opportunity A, opportunity C, opportunity B or whatever? Did I do a good job? interviewing that person and promoting their music did I do a good job so that's all you can do just do the best that you can and can you say are you happy with what you did and if you're happy with what you did in that particular day then that's a win in my book most on is hopefully <laughs> I love what you just said there because I think that it also comes back to this idea you can only control what you do and how you react you can't control other people around you but I love what you said about the idea of the opportunity you can give others the opportunity and hold that space for them and I think that you do a really great job of that and that's probably part of the reason that I think that you are a great connector is because you do you give your best to everyone that you encounter? And by the very nature of that, the likelihood that the best is going to come back to you increases versus if you were to not be engaging with anyone, certainly the likelihood of anything coming back would reduce significantly. Well, that's the one thing, you know, I remember when you trained me back in 2011, I'm going to give the, the listeners a little bit of a look behind the curtains. The one thing I picked up from you was, you had a great way of connecting with the audience. You know, listeners, they loved you because you have this unique, engaging, wonderful, kind, down-earth personality. And the one thing I always learned from you is you always, you loved engaging with the listeners. The one thing that always stood with me is just like your attitude and the way you treated them. And I've, I've always taken that with me, you know, 10 years ago. When you're giving me this compliments, <laughs> I learned from you, my friend. I learned about your, your compassion and how you cared about listeners and how you just, you know, always wanted the best for the stage. That's the one thing I really 
picked up for you. I, I always kind of try to incorporate that message into what I do on the radio. You're too kind to me, Kibway. I'm, it's I'm true. Wishing. It's Very so true. <laughs> as far as we were talking about nine years ago, and I think connection and the way that we connect has changed in the past nine years, certainly. Do you see it changing further in the next five years? How do you think connection will change? I think the pandemic is a good demonstrator of how our connections have changed. For example, for music, right? A lot of people were going to to shows in person, like a lot of our in-person shows. The way I connect with a lot of these artists is I go to their shows. I love discovering new music live, and that's the way I connect with a lot of these artists. Then after the show, I'll introduce myself to the artist, and you build that connection right there. But since the pandemic has happened, everything has become digital. Everything has become online. I'm discovering a lot of new talent online because a lot of people are having virtual concerts online and everybody's connecting in the digital format. I'm having a lot of online connections with friends I haven't talked to in years, uh, even good friends, even close friends I know because with the pandemic, if I need to connect with somebody, hey, let's fire up Zoom or let's fire up Google Meet. And it's easy for a lot of us because it's safe. It's simple, we're in a comfortable space, a comfortable zone. I think, how is it gonna change in the next five years? I think it's gonna, this format will still stay the same. I think having the digital thing, it's so much easier for a lot of people. I do wonder about the way that we create emotional connections with others and whether that can be created in an increasingly virtual world. You mentioned the music that you take part in and the connections that you make with artists in person. I guess I just wonder your thoughts as far as the emotional connections and the potential for emotional connection in a more virtual world. That's a good question. I talked to a lot of these artists about connecting with, with their fans through a virtual setting. And some of these artists love it. Some of these artists hate it. For various reasons. Um, some artists love the, the in-person connection, right? Some people performing shows live because you make that human connection. You see people live. You can tell when somebody likes your song or somebody wants to talk to you or vice versa. People like the in-person connection. And most artists are used to that as well. But there's some artists who love the digital connection. For them, it's great because they can perform for their fans all across the world. They can just hop on to a Zoom or a Google Meet, or maybe just do like a Facebook live session. For them, making that connection is great. I know for myself, I love the, the personal connection. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about an unexpected connection that you've made? Yeah, this was a couple of years ago. This was back in 2017. I met my friend Miranda Krogstead amazing person. She's my Lyrical Lessons podcast uh, co-host slash friend, good friend. She's like a sister. My friend Laurel at the time, I was going up to an interview and she had this interview, this music interview at a shisha bar and she asked me to go with her and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go with you. Cool. So she had this music interview and she's being interviewed and I'm at the bar and I'm sitting there and Miranda's at the bar and she's sitting there and I've never met Miranda before. And we just struck up a conversation. And I was like, hey, my name's Kay and blah, 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 blah. And who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm Miranda. And we just started talking for two hours. And I told her I was a radio DJ at CGSW. 
And she told me she was a spoken word poet slash artist here in Calgary. And we just started sharing information of each other. We started talking about our works and whatnot. And we just struck up a conversation from two and a half hours at, at a shisha bar. We passed on our information to each other. I invited her, her on Off the Map. And we just connected on Off the Map. We had a great rapport, great vibe. And we ended up just doing a podcast together back in 2018. We started Lyrical Lessons. It's a podcast where we kind of analyze popular tunes from like a social, political, economic, historical context. She's an intricate part of my life and that's a person. And uh, that was just a random connection that, that I never thought would happen, but it did. Love that. And I also love that we mentioned the podcast that you make briefly, because that is a piece that I forgot to include in your bio, but is a okay. very important part of what you do. I, from that, a thread that I'll pull is this idea of staying connected. And I think that you build connections, but you also keep those connections going. How do you do that? I think for me, it's a simple process. It's just checking in with people, seeing how are people doing. A simple text, a simple like, hey, how's it going? How's your project coming? How's your music coming along? What's going on? Do you need any help? If it's a personal friend, same thing as well. Like, hey, how are you? How's your day? What have you been up to? Just simply texting people, simply giving somebody a call, reaching out to people and making sure that you're letting these people know that you're there. I'd probably say 90% of the time, I'm the person who's always making the first step or the first connection in that relationship. But I love to make sure that I'm, I'm there for people, letting people know that I'm always there and I'm always taking them with them and I'm checking on you on a personal level and a professional. You say about 90% of the time you are the one sending that message. How does that feel? Do you wish that people would return the favor? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I think that's in human nature. I think we're all selfish in a way. I think we all like when people reach out to us and they make us feel important. It's just like, oh, somebody's texting me. This feels great. I'm not going to lie. It's weird when somebody sends me a text. Hey, how's it going, Kate? And it's like, oh, somebody's texting me. This is, this is great. This makes me feel like a million. You know what I mean? So it's, I think deep down inside, we all love attention. We all love to be, you know, we all want to know that somebody's thinking about us or somebody's, somebody's trying to recognize us or whatnot. I don't mind being the first person to make that connection or that effort because you know what? that's okay. I mean, somebody has got to make that effort, right? As long as I keep that relationship going on with that person, then that's a win in my book. That's so interesting. And I can relate to being the person who reaches out a lot. And I wonder as far as the energy that, that it puts into that, I mean, you speak to the idea of it being great because it means that the relationship continues. And I can see that. How do you determine when a connection has run its course versus when it's something that you want to keep following up with? For me, I know when it's run its course is when I feel like I've put all my effort and all my energy into trying to maintain a relationship with a person. And you, and you can tell if it's not mutual, whether it's like a friendship or whether it's a, a relationship, like a dating relationship or a professional relationship. If I'm somebody who's making an effort constantly all the time and you're not giving me back feedback, or you're not making the effort yourself, then I know you're not worth my time. And for me, it's a little bit of a give and take. I don't mind being the person to make the first contact and the first effort. But if you're not reneging and you're not putting a little bit of effort into the conversation or to the friendship or into the relationship, then I know it's not worth it. 
So perhaps if you are the first person to reach out, that's okay. So long as the other person is returning the effort that you've given, it's not a one-way street or a one-way exchange. I think that makes a lot of sense. The question I have next is what is one piece of advice that you often pass on to others? And I'd love to hear that answer. But first, I think I actually want to know what one piece of advice that you would pass on to yourself 10 years ago would be. Be patient, be understanding, think, reflect, just live in the now. This is my advice to people, but I always say, live life now. Take one second, live in the second, live in the minute, live in the hour, live in the day. I know it's great to plan ahead. I know it's great to have goals. I know it's great to have a vision, but I love just living in the now. Because when you're living in the now, you're dealing with what's in front of you. You're dealing with situations. You're dealing with problems. It's easy to digest and solve stuff. But when you're looking at the future constantly and you're not thinking about the now, you're not thinking about the when, you're not thinking about how, you're just kind of you're lost in the clouds. So what I would say to kid we have 10 years ago is just be patient, take your time, relax. Take one day at a time, one second at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. Live your best moments now. Goodness, that is so wise. Have you ever considered writing a book? Because I have a feeling you could be quite the guru. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe maybe on Tuesdays and Fridays. You see me on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Not so much. <laughs> that's, that's why you and I are chatting on it. I'm like, yes, we must chat on a Tuesday. It's just right in my head. Oh, no. In this hour, you are nailing it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait until Wednesday, trust me, that just goes out the window. <laughs> it is interesting though, what you just touched on, because actually it comes back to what you mentioned at the very beginning, which is that you feel like if you've done a good job in the moment, you feel happy with the work that you've done or happy with the connection that you've made or happy with the day that you've had, that's enough for you. And it sounds like that's been a journey to get there. But the fact that the way that you're operating and the advice that you've now given yourself, it sounds like is advice that you are taking on and, and acting on in your everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's maturity. And I think it's just when you get a little bit older, of course, the, the popular phrase, you get wiser, right? So I think, you know, I look, I look at myself like in different pages. Like when I was in high school, I was a totally different person in high school. My personality was all over the map. And I was just like, I'm such a different person. I knew nothing. I was an idiot. <laughs> I thought I knew everything. And then when you get to university and college, you think you know everything. It's just like, yeah, I'm an educated man. I know everything about the world now. It's like, no. And then once you're in the real world, now you start learning. Now you start processing. Now you're like, this is how the world works. This is how I'm supposed to be. This is how I'm supposed to react. This is how I'm supposed to behave. And also, I think from experiences as well, going through experiences in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, you learn from these experiences, right? I'm not perfect. I've made my mistakes. Trust me, I've made my fair share of mistakes. But how do you learn from these mistakes? How do you build upon these good experiences as well? How do you try to be a better person? And I get this all the time from people. And I've I've been asked this a lot. People always say to me, you know, are you a religious guy? Are you like this, this big Christian guy? And I'm like, no, I'm the Catholic who goes to church twice a year, <laughs> Christmas Eve and Easter Sunday. I, I pray at night and I just try to live a good life. I just try my best to be a decent human being. 
I think that's the one thing it is. And I remember this quick story. I remember this was like five, six years ago, working in the mall, I was working at my job. And I went on my break and went downstairs to the H&D. I bought a couple CDs and some guy was helping me. And I was being really nice to the guy. I get to the counter, he's a cashier. And he's like, hey man, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. He's like, why are you so nice? I was like, what? He's like, why are you so nice? You're really nice to people. And I'm like, I told him, because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it's the human thing to do. We should be nice as people to each other. There's no need to be, for me to be nasty to you. I have to be nice. We should be nice to everybody. We should be nice to each other all the time, right? No matter what. That's, we should be decent human beings. You know what I mean? So it's just, I try my best to be nice to everybody and just try to live a positive life. And I have my days where it's, there's days where I'm a dick, trust me. There's days where I'm a total douche. There's days where I get treated like crap. You know, the days where I've experienced racism, you know, I've black and I've experienced, experienced discrimination, but I try my best just to be a decent human being. That's who I want. I want, to, I want to be remembered as a decent human being and somebody who was just, who tried their best to kind of be a positive impact in the world. And that's always been my hope, just be positive. I think that you'll have no difficulty by any means. But I, I do find it interesting that the guy at HMV said, why are you so nice? Because you are such a nice person. And I do think that there is an inclination of people to doubt or misunderstand kindness sometimes in a world that doesn't necessarily lead with that. So it's interesting that you say lots of people ask you if you're religious, because it makes me wonder if <laughs> they think that you're religious and that's why you're being nice to them. Well, it's funny because going back to the HMV situation, I mean, I can understand his point of view because when you work in retail or you work in these office environments, you, you work in a job, when you deal with a lot of customers, a lot of customers come in and they're stressed, they're angry because of their professional lives or their personal lives. And sometimes they take out their anger and their frustrations on these poor individuals who work in the service industry. I can understand his point of view because I'm pretty sure he deals with a lot of customers who are just they're angry, not at him, but they're angry at themselves, they're angry at their lives, they're angry at their jobs. And then they take it out on these poor people, which they have nothing to do with your issues. If you're angry, you're, you're frustrated at whatever, then go to the gym or read a book or go for a walk, just learn how to channel that anger. Don't take it out on somebody else. And I think a lot of those people deal with the brunt of these people's angers. I think some people don't know how to channel their anger or deal with their frustration in a constructive way. The first thing is just to lash out at people, you know, whether it's family, friends, or people who work retail or whatnot. So I can kind of see where he was coming from. I think that's just kind of our DNA for, for humans. For me, I used to do that in the past. I used to get up, upset at people, but I learned these people have done nothing to me. So <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting mad. There's other ways you can deal with your anger and your pleasure. You mentioned as well this, I, this experience that you've had of being a Black man and experiencing racism. And I am not sure if I'm going to ask this question the most elegantly, but I wonder if your kindness is in spite of or as a result of or unrelated to the feelings that you've had where people have been cruel? I think it's because of the people have been cruel. When you experience racism and, and discrimination, you get bitter, you get angry, but you want to rise above, right? There's been points in my life, high school, university, where, where I did deal with a lot of racism. I still deal, deal with racism as well. Believe me, you're always not. <laughs> it, hasn't, it hasn't, you know, left my life. I, I deal with it once in the blue moon. And you just, 
you just sit there you want to get angry you want to get frustrated you want to you want to tear the world up but at the same time you say to yourself at what extent what does it do like I can get angry I can get mad I can you know yell at people I can scream at people I can fight people but at the end of the day it doesn't solve anything or I can be constructive, I can be positive, I can say, okay, how do I learn from this? How do I move on? How do we get better? From I can just have a different mindset, a different strategy. How do we get better in this situation? I think for me, it's, I think it's learning from these things in my past, learning from like the experiences that I've, I've had and, and saying to myself, I never want somebody to go through this stuff again. And I mean, watching <clears throat> the Black Lives Matter movement last year, in Calgary and all across the world. That was a beautiful thing. Seeing everybody coming together, sharing their experience, sharing their pain, watching that. And to me, that was liberating for myself and a lot of people. We still have a lot of work to be done. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, I always say to people, yeah, we can march, we can have all these demonstrations, but once they're over, we still have to have these conversations about racism, uh, about sexism about religion, there's these conversations, there's a lot of discriminations in all types, whether it's race, gender, we still have to have these conversations. I mean, we can have them constructively, we can be positive with them, but we still have to have these conversations. And I wanna have these conversations, but I think the best way we can have these conversations is we have to be positive, we have to be analytical, we have to sit down with people. Because if, for example, I'm not saying you, but let's say you and I, right? We had a disagreement and you're treating me like garbage and I'm upset about it. Me sitting there, me sitting here with you and screaming at you and yelling at you and cussing at you, that's not going to fix anything. I'd rather have a civil conversation with you and say, hey, this is what you have done to offend me. This is what I think is racist. This is what has just hurt me. How can we move past this? Why did you do this? And have a constructive conversation and understand other people's points of view as well. I think that's kind of a big thing. And, and learning from that experience has definitely um, shaped me and, and helped me be a little bit more positive. I've dealt with people in, in my life workplace who've, who've been racist and I've talked to them about it. I've, I've had constructive conversations with people and saying, hey, I don't like what you said. What you said is inappropriate. Why did you say this? We can have constructive conversations with people. And sometimes, most times, a lot of these people realize their error of their way and they change their ways. And sometimes they don't. And if they don't, that's okay. But at least as long as we can have constructive conversations and we can be positive about these topics and we can find a middle ground I think that's the most important thing. And then again, it doesn't have to be race. It could be uh, gender inequality. It could be, about, it could be about anything, really. It could be about any type of topics. I think that's the most important thing. As long as we have topics, as long as we, we talk about these topics and have constructive conversations, I think that is the most important thing that we can do. And I think that's what I'm positive. These experiences have definitely shaped my, 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 my mindset. Thank you for sharing. And I think... Part of that is also the ability to have the conversations and to, like you say, the constructive conversations and to not shy away from them. And I think to bring it back to this theme of connection, a huge piece of that is the feeling of connection. That means that you feel comfortable or able to have those conversations. It sounds like in some situations you are being forced to have those conversations, but I think the value that comes with kindness is also that there is more opportunity for growth in your interactions with others and the connections that you make. I think of like the world as it stands being quite divided 
And I think if someone has viewpoints that mean that they don't want you to have rights, they should not be allowed to have these conversations. But if they are in a position where they are willing to have a conversation and better understand someone else's experience, it feels like the only way that we can get somewhere somewhere more positive than where we are now. It's going back to, to connections as well, going back all the way with being a DJ, right? The reason why I love interviewing people, it's because I get to connect with them. I get to share their story. I get to reach down and, and, and find out what makes them tick, find out why they love music, why it means so much to them and share their story with the audience so they can connect with the CGSW listeners or the CBC listeners. I think that's why I always try my best to reach out to these artists. It's great when you show them that you care and that you want to invest in them and, 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 and show them their story and connect their music to the audience because they trust you at the end of the day and they respect you for that because you're making those connections for them. I've been blessed. Like I've done a couple of charity events in the past. I teamed up with the Kids Cancer Care Foundation. I teamed up with Rainbow Society and I teamed up with Women's Need uh, Shelter Wins. And every time I had a charity event, I've always asked these artists, hey, can you come out and help me play these events? And most times, I'd probably say nine and a half out of 10 times, all these artists say yes. You know, they all come and support me. They all help bring in sponsors. They're willing to go to bat for me because I made a connection with these artists on a personal and a professional level. And when you need help connecting with these organizations who need help as well, they're able to help bring in their connections and, and, and help me out too. Even on, as you mentioned before, connecting with people on the music level, I think that's also a big thing too. Is it's, when you're able to connect and share their stories, share their message, with the audience, that's key. And that helps build relationships with you on the professional and the, and the personal level too. And you have quite an eclectic group of musicians that you encounter and that you work with. And I think that's a great testament to who you are. But I think another great example of the way that there isn't one genre that you are attracted to it when it comes to music. And I don't think there's one genre of person that you're attracted to either. It feels like you have all kinds of friends and you can talk about all kinds of things, not football with me, but. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love, I think what it is, and I think you're like this as well. You know, we love listening to all types of music. We love meeting all types of people as well. I think it's great to hear different stories and different, different perspectives and it's the same thing with music too. I love all types of music because I can connect with it on so many different levels. Like last night, I fell asleep to uh, classical music last night. And then on Sunday, after my show, I was listening to Celtic music. And then I think it was on Friday, I was listening to indie rock and some folk. And then yesterday on the treadmill, I was listening to some uh, EDM music, disclosure and whatnot. So I listen to like all types. I love all types of music. I just love different perspectives, different sound, different messages. It's incredible. I think every artist has their own story. Music is a powerful thing. And I love all types of genres of music. I love connecting with people just from different genres. And I love hearing everybody's stories. Everybody has a unique story to tell. I think that's the coolest thing. Connecting with all people of all, all walks of life. Because everybody has an interesting backstory. And yeah. getting to know these people. I think the cool thing is once you get to know these people on a professional level, you get to know them on a personal level. And when you get to know them on a personal level, you're rooting for these people as well. It's awesome. So I'm blessed. I love that. And I will say, I think 
the word of the podcast is love because you love things and I love (laughs) love things I love that you love I think it's wonderful and I think the ability to communicate that is such a Kibwe thing and I think it's just absolutely fabulous people who definitely bring the best out of you and people who who definitely are positives in their life you know having you and Sean and, and, and everybody else in my life, it's been a blessing. For example, knowing you, you're just such a, a positive, wonderful, caring, down-to-earth, hardworking, generous person. And I got to know that for the past couple of years. You know, like I got to know that in 2011, and then you left for a bit, and you came back. And when you and I talk all the time, I value our friendships. I value our conversations. I learn a lot from you as well. And it's about surrounding yourself with, with that as well, surrounding yourself with positive I don't want to say like-minded people, but you, you should never surround yourself with like-minded people, but you should surround yourself with positive people, people who are interesting, people who make life interesting, people who challenge you, people who make you think, people who are outside of your norm. You know, they don't fit in like, this is the way I live my life. You should surround yourself with people who are different, different than yourselves, different mentality, different beliefs, different values, but at the same time, they bring a positivity and a realism to, to your life that makes sense like I, I know like for example Sean and I we're different people even though he's my co-host we've been friends for 16 17 years we're different people he has a different political belief he's a conservative I'm a liberal we just have like different outlooks on life for sure but we come together because we love music we're passionate about football and we, we find the interest and I think that's why we've been friends for 15 16 years because we find the things that make us unique and we find things that we love and that tie us together in our interests that's that's kind of the thing is yeah be friends with people who are different but also find the things that are interesting also find the things that add value to your life in true paper napkin fashion who should we connect with next oh wow <laughs> think about a million wonderful people so i'm really excited for your answer to this i would say you would have to connect with miranda Krogstead. My lyrical lesson partner in crime, Miranda Krog said, she has an amazing outlook on life. She's very philosophical. She has amazing experience. She has amazing insight. Speaking of connections, I think you two would definitely connect on, on a great level. And I believe your listeners would love to hear her stories and the way she connects with people. She's a spoken word artist and she makes a lot of connections where her words are powerful for people. So for her, when she's able to talk to students, when she goes to high schools or junior high, when she does seminars for people, she's able to connect with a lot of people through her words as a spoken word artist. And words are powerful. Amazing. Thank you, Kibway. I can't wait to connect with Miranda. And thank you so much for connecting with me. It's been such a great conversation. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I know you're going to do a lot of amazing things. You always do great things. And I think it's great content, great ideas. So kudos for you for doing that. Thank you so much for listening and continuing to be a part of our growing community. It honestly makes me so excited to know that other people are listening and enjoying these conversations as much as I am. If you have a moment, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts really helps us to get in front of more people and I'd be forever grateful. Either way, until next time, be kind.